0: Listening to Just, Just Ghouly, Ghouly Things. things. Ooh. Hey, Boo Things, and welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode 55. And we are your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Lily. Hey. So, welcome back to Just Ghouly Things for those that are new listening to our podcast. Welcome. Um. Yeah. This is episode 55. So we have filmed 55 days consecutively during this quarantine. Amazing. And I was just looking, and I think right now we are at about like 90, 91 episodes, just in general of just Ghouly things, which is pretty No cool. way. So we should do something like big for a big 100, which I'm I think so going to assume is going to be during quarantine because there's no Probably. there's no uh projection of when these quarantine stories will stop, which is a good thing, but not so good to the rest of the world, but whatever. <laughs> you guys can listen to scary stories. We love reading them to you guys. It's a win-win in that situation, so let's get started reading these
1: scary stories. Right. Let's do it. All right. My first story is called, let's see, which one am I going to do first? Let's do, I think something is in my house. Okay. When we first moved into our house, we lived by three cemeteries. I always got weird feelings about the place. A couple of months after moving into the place, our baby monitor went off around two in the morning when everyone was trying to sleep. We had three baby monitors, one on every floor, so me and my family could talk to each other through them. It was loud and went on for about a minute. Uh, It woke me up and my mom, but not my sister, whose room is right across from the monitor. This was the first thing I've experienced in this house. A couple weeks after, my closet creaked open and the light turned on at about 3:30 in the morning. I thought nothing of it and fell back asleep. Minutes after, my radio turned on and its volume went way up. This has happened multiple different times, although one time I was sure I unplugged it. Most nights since then, I could hear someone slowly walking up the stairs even when no one was. About four months after this happened, I was having a sleepover with my sisters. I went to the bathroom after we were laughing with them because we were gassy. (laughs) I peed, got up, and looked in the mirror. Keep in mind, I didn't turn on the light and kept the door open because it was nighttime. While I was looking in the mirror, I heard someone who sounded like my sister repeating the words, Hi, hey, hello. I told my sister what happened, and she said she was talking with my other sister. I freaked out and went back over. I heard a slight hi coming from the corner i was being dumb and asked who she was <laughs> i got no response but that scared me someone was imitating her just about four months ago both me and my sister saw shadows running across our room hallway after that i felt completely normal and nothing weird has happened since we were informed by people recently that lived here that the fact house is in fact haunted but maybe it's not anymore since nothing has happened Has anyone experienced anything like this? The end. So I don't think the house is not haunted anymore. I think there's just a break in activity.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't expect, especially with the amount of energy that these spirits have to use to make themselves known, it's probably very tiring on the spirits. And it's, I mean, it is a lot. So you can't expect them to always be
1: um, on their A game, per se. Yeah, exactly. Poltergeists need a night off, too.
0: Exactly. And I think that's why a lot of people uh, are very skeptical of like the ghost hunters and ghost adventures, Mm -hmm. um, just because sometimes they either get things during their episode or they don't. And so people are like, oh, well, why am I going to watch an episode and there may not be anything happening? And it's like, well, you can't really I, I mean, you can't really tell the ghost to do tricks and do this and that and expect them to do it right at the snap of your fingers. So. Like, I like I love ghost hunters in the fact that they're very authentic with that. Um, it may cause a lot of people to be skeptical of the paranormal, saying like, oh, see, like they didn't catch anything for 45 yeah. minutes of an episode. Guess there really isn't anything paranormal going on. It's like, <laughs> slow the fuck down. Um, yeah, that's frustrating to hear. Yeah, it's you, know, you can't really expect... You know, and I, I give ghost, like, ghost hunters in general, like ghost investigators, so much credit because they spend... Hours, years of their life investigating places to only get like maybe a second of audio or some sort of picture. But there's so much time that they put into it and sacrifice to get that little bit of evidence. It must be so frustrating and they must have the patience of a saint.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I would never have the patience to do that.
0: Right? Okay. So my next story is titled, I'll never go hunting again. I am good <laughs> right? I am a bow hunter, and I still like to hunt, which is when you dress in full camo and walk through the woods rather than sit in a tree stand. Last October, I was coming down into a hill into a marshy area. It was kind of late and enough so that the side of the mountain was covered in shadows. I live in PA where our mountains are completely covered in trees and it gets dark fast. When I get to the bottom of the hill, I noticed that it was completely silent, no sounds at all, and I felt the hairs stand on my arms but i've been creeped out before in the woods so it wasn't too big of a deal i kept on i've been hunting in this general area before and i've never went down this particular hill i continued creeping through the woods mind you i am walking very slow so you can barely hear my footsteps because deer are hard to sneak up on and then i hear a voice call out for me from behind a thicket of small trees help insert my name come over here i'm in trouble help and i swear to god it was my brother's voice but My brother lives in Nevada, so it couldn't be my brother, and it said my name. It only took me a second to realize something wasn't right, and then when I did, I ran faster than I ever have in my life. Only my <laughs> dad knew where I was hunting that day, and the area is huge. No one would have found me there, and he is too old to have played any tricks on me. But something out there knew my name and it sounded just like my brother. I don't know what the hell that was, but I don't think I'll ever be going back to the woods again. Maybe I'll move to the desert with my brother where at least I can see everything around me.
1: <laughs> that's scary.
0: It seems like a doppelganger situation mixed yeah. with that mermaid encounter we talked about a few episodes yes, ago. That's
1: exactly what came to my mind, too. Come on, big guy. Let's take a step. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And the guy's like me a middle-aged married man <laughs> uh, but yeah it's a very weird situation and if you follow the voice it kind of, it, it kind of makes you wonder what would have happened it reminds me of the Netflix uh, the Netflix movie in the tall grass it's a I think it's based off a Stephen King novel uh, it's a scary horror movie where these this couple or th- these friends or whatever they're in their car, and they're driving, I guess, away from this woman's baby daddy, who she, you know, she was pregnant at the time, and they stop by this church, and across there is, like, this really tall grass, and someone, and I think it's the woman here, is a boy in there saying, help me, I'm stuck in the grass, and they both go to go find him in the grass, and then they get lost, and it's pretty much like a cornfield where you're never able to leave the tall grass yeah so it's like this whole situation um it kind of reminds me of that it makes you wonder like if he were to try to find this kid would he have just gotten lost more in the woods and never been able to get out would something have attacked him
1: Ooh, what would have happened makes you think really does okay this one is called mindfuck ghost (laughs) My girlfriend and I were just sitting on our couch watching Dance Moms when we decided to go for a short drive, because quarantine is typically very boring. So why not? As we went to get our shoes, I realized I had misplaced my phone. It was on our couch where I last had it, so my girlfriend and I ventured to our living room to look. It was nowhere in sight. We suspected it was between one of the cushions, so we called it. Immediately, we heard it ring and began to locate where it was coming from. And strangely enough, we heard and felt it in one of the top legs of the couch a leg that has no such opening that you are able to access. We looked in the leg for any holes that my phone may have slipped into, and there were none. We were dumbfounded. I almost flipped the couch over to cut a hole in it to retrieve my lost phone. However, all of a sudden, as we called it, we heard no distinct noise, which was the usual buzzing a phone makes. Even though we had heard the buzz every other time, and we looked to our left, and my phone was sitting there on the couch cushion. There was no way it could have been there if we heard it in the leg of the couch. If that is not frightening enough, immediately after, my computer, which was turned off, turned on, and began to play a song that neither of us even recognized, so I quickly shut off my computer. There was silence for a few moments before we heard some buzzing that my phone would make uh, from coming down the, coming from down the hall, However, my phone was in my other hand and not buzzing at all. We have seen multiple apparitions in this house and noises almost hear noises almost every single night. However, this was something much different. It felt confusing and much more ominous. I am open to any input the end. Hmm.
0: It definitely seems like there's activity in the household.
1: Um if- I think the title's appropriate. This is a mindfuck ghost. Yeah, I mean, do
0: you think that so it seems like this hasn't just happened during quarantine. This, there's been other experiences as well, but I don't know. Huh. I mean, there's just so many different theories that you can think of um, in a situation like this. What like, what, yeah. what do you think could be the possible? Like, do you think this is something that is a residual haunting, an intelligent haunting?
1: It seems intelligent. It seems like it was probably just fucking with them. It seems like a bit of an asshole. It's an asshole ghost. <laughs>
0: it just is needy for attention just like our dogs
1: probably also got bored in quarantine watching the humans do nothing was probably like hey come on living
0: that's true that's true they can't just go for drives in their car and just drive around and do nothing they're just stuck in the house they're bored in the house bored in the house bored bored in the house bored in the house (laughs)
1: someone get rebecca off of tiktok
0: oh my god please i miss vine so much um rest in peace vine okay R.I.P. Vine. my next story so this kind of the title just reminds me of exactly what we were talking about with the first story i talked about which this is titled never stop to help because you never know (laughs) so this story took place in texas back in the fall of 94 i was traveling from a small town outside dallas called grapevine and was heading to my duty station in lubbock texas Texas, Texas. I would okay. never, <laughs> I would never take this route again after what happened this night along I twenty. I was traveling alone and had left around seven p.m. on my road trip across Texas. If you've ever been to Texas, then you know that you can drive for hours on end and still be in Texas. Anyways, the story takes place about thirty minutes outside Abilene and would change my life forever. I decided to stop at a rest stop along the highway to stretch my legs and take a piss. I noticed a woman in her late in her late seventies. Model Ford parked in the lot when I got out. I went, did my business, had a smoke, and before I left, I noticed the woman was still sitting in her car. So I walked over, knocked on the window, which startled her, and asked if she was okay or needed help. She smiled and said that her tire was flat and that her battery had died while she was waiting here. I asked if she had a spare tire, and she said no. I asked if anyone was coming to get her. She said that her daughter was supposed to, but it's been several hours of her waiting. I asked where she was going, and she said Abilene, so I offered to give her a ride if she wanted. She started crying and said that would be wonderful. So we start headed to Abilene and making small talk. I told her I was in the Air Force and headed to Lubbock. She said that was wonderful and hoped that I really enjoyed it. I did notice that she kept looking in the mirror, so I asked if she was okay with me giving her a ride. She smiled and said that everything was fine. She was just happy that someone stopped. So we finally get to her house in a small suburb just outside of town. She thanks me for her ride, hands me a scrap of paper with her home number on it. She asks that I call her when I get to my destination so she can know I made it safely. That's such such southern hospitality, this whole story. It really is. (laughs) Um, so I thanked her and said I would, but I'd wait until the morning since I knew it would be late when I arrived in Lubbock. I arrived at Reese AFB late that night and stayed at the base hotel. I got checked in, took a shower and went to bed. The next morning I got up and got dressed for the day and went to find my unit HQ. I didn't even notice about the I didn't even think about the night before. I had so much to do, checked squared away. It wouldn't be for another two weeks before I came across that scrap of paper with the number. I felt bad that I hadn't kept my promise to call, so I decided to stop what I was doing and give her a call. I called the number, and a young woman answered the phone, so I asked for Sandy. The woman on the line said, who? So I apologized and said maybe it was Sandra. She asked who this is, and I gave her my name and explained that I had given her a ride a couple weeks back. She said that I must be confused, and I read the number off the paper and in my hand just in case I dialed the wrong number. She said, no, I had the correct number, but I couldn't have given her a mother a ride home because she passed away in the early 80s. She was apparently driving home and began having car trouble, so she stopped at a rest stop just outside of town. When she didn't make it home, her father, the woman I was talking with, became concerned. It was at that time there was a knock on their door that two state troopers and a local police officer were at the door. She said that a trooper saw the vehicle stop at the rest stop and stopped to check it out. What he found and what she told me gave me chills. Her mother had been brutally raped and her head was bashed in. Someone had slit her tires and disconnected her battery. The worst part was that she didn't die right away as there were bloody handprints on the window, the steering wheel, uh, that's a weird part to stop. Hold on one second. Uh, Steering wheel and shifter like she was trying to leave. The trooper said that they didn't have any suspects, but there were times that certain motorcycle clubs would pass through at night. I described the car and what her mother looked like and what she was wearing as best as I could recall. She definitely didn't look old enough to have a daughter my age. Her daughter just started crying and asked that I not call back. A few days later... A few days later, I received word to report to the squadron commander, so I headed over to our building. When I arrived, my captain called me into his office and began asking me questions about where I lived and when I, when did I drive in and what route I took. I immediately knew something was wrong. We then went into a briefing room where my CO and a Texas Ranger and state trooper were seated. I introduced myself and took a seat. Then began, they began by asking the same questions my captain has previously asked and why I had called the number and spoke with the woman. I explained everything as clearly and in detail as possible. They then finished taking notes, and the ranger asked who needed a smoke. So my CO excused himself, and the captain and the two officers and myself stepped out back in the smoking area. This is when the ranger informed me that he was the trooper who had found the car back in the early 80s, and that the only reason he came out today was because of the details I mentioned in my phone call to the daughter. The trooper said that they get calls... About a stranded woman every so often, but when they get there, they never find anything. So in closing, be careful who you decide to help because not everyone is what they seem. I'd like to state that the reason specific time frames are not given is due to the personal nature of these events. Wow. Yeah. Fucking weird.
1: That's so weird. That would, that would fuck with my head. That would, I would not be okay if I gave someone a ride home and then it turned out they were a ghost. Yeah, and, and you pick them up at
0: the same place that they were last found dead. Ugh, I actually have goosebumps right now. But this kind of reminds me, so when we first started recording Just I Things, we did an episode on, we did, oh my gosh, what was it on? We were talking about like, like haunted houses or something, and we were talking about a lady in white, and there was a yeah. story about someone's account that they were dancing with this woman and everything and then they uh, dropped yep, her off. home. I was thinking
1: of that too. Yeah, so it kind of reminds
0: me of that story a little bit.
1: It's a classic. Classic Tale, tale. of Oldest Time.
0: <laughs> All right, Lily, what's your third story?
1: Okay. My third story is called Haunted Pottery
0: question mark. Hmm. Huh, okay. Never heard that one.
1: about four years ago i went to one of those places you paint pottery or a sculpture with a group of friends i painted an adorable round dinosaur with buck teeth and a top hat oh that sounds so cute (laughs) i fell in love with it because it was so goofy and cute i named it bippy the all-knowing wizard fast forward a week and one of my friends who lived with her boyfriend picked up everyone's pieces so everyone could stop by and pick up their piece when they were able to this is important after i took bippy home I put it on my bookshelf, facing left, away from my bed, and there it remained. One night, I was on my way home from work and noticed my odometer said 18666. I don't panic over 666 like I know some people do, especially since it can mean you find balance in your life and doesn't just mean something evil. I didn't think too much of it. When I got home, I sat down on my bed and was on my phone but when I looked up, Bippy was turned to the right and looking straight at where I was sitting. It freaked me out because when I had left home, he was facing the left. I had everything turned on my bookshelf the way I liked it, and the way I liked Bippy to face was left. It had wide open eyes, so it felt weird having it staring at me. I turned it back to the left and tried not to think about it. Later on, I was hanging out with the friend who had picked up everyone's pieces and told her, and told her and her boyfriend about how Bippy had moved one night. They looked at each other and then me and told me when they brought Bippy to their house, they came home one day and it had turned from the direction they had left it pointing and it was looking straight at them. Bippy lived on a bookshelf for two years or so afterwards and then went into storage and I'm not entirely sure where it is now. But after that incident, it never moved again. Thoughts? The end.
0: Bippy needs to bippity-boppity-get-the-fuck-out-of-my-life because that is no... But why? It's a fucking ceramic dinosaur thing. I wouldn't think that... Maybe it came from... I don't don't know. Bippy's possessed. But why? Why Bippy? Damn it. It's always the innocent, quiet-looking ones. It
1: honestly always is. It's always like a baby doll or, you know, something that your grandmother gave you, right? Something sweet, and that's always where shit goes wrong.
0: Always. Always. Never trust a Bippy. Okay. My next story, I will do this one. Unknown number is my son crying, saying he can't find my husband. I get home, and they're watching a movie. Hmm. Yeah, interesting title. I still don't know what happened. I have chills. This happened a few days ago, and I decided to post it here because I need to get it out. I left for work around 9, and my husband was home with my son for the day. I went to lunch at 12.30. At 1, I got a call from an unknown number. Usually, I ignore these calls, but something told me to answer. My 5-year-old son was on the other end crying. He said he was taking a nap, and when he woke up, his daddy was gone. I said, okay, I will come over since I'm on lunch. I thought maybe my husband went to work in the garage or take a shower or something and just freaked my son out a little when he woke up. I tell him to stay on the line and that it's about a 10-minute drive for me. He doesn't say much, but I can still hear him breathing from the other end. This is where it gets freaky. I have chills writing this part. As soon as I enter the end of my block, the phone call ends. I pull into the driveway, and his car is still there. The front door shut. My neighbor is getting groceries from his car, so I say a quick greeting and head inside. My son and husband are sitting on the couch watching TV. My husband is playing on the cell phone. I ask him what happened, and he is extremely confused. I tell him about the call, and he acts like he doesn't believe me. I thought it was a crappy prank from him. So I asked my son, did you call mommy and say you couldn't find daddy? Then my son replies, no. Can I have a juice box? <laughs> such, a, such innocent behavior. He's too young to be good at lying. So I 100% believed him. I feel like I'm going crazy at this point. I asked my husband if he had ever left the room or gave our son the cell phone. He said no to both. I checked the call logs on that phone and there's nothing. We don't have any other phones or any type in the house. I still don't know what happened but I am beyond creeped out at this point. And then someone and then she like edited cuz I guess a couple of people commented mm-hmm. and she goes, "I've read all the comments and I want to clear a few things up. I know my son's voice. There is no doubt in my mind it was him. Maybe if he was younger, but at 5 years old I can still distinctively tell his voice." I can see how maybe it was a scammer, but how would anyone be able to mimic his voice so perfectly? I don't know how someone could steal his voice because he doesn't like to talk on phones, and I only have a handful of recordings of him where his voice is high-pitched and happy. Him on the phone was crying. For those suggesting to me to call back an unknown number must not know what that means. I just got an automated message saying that this number is no longer available. Also, I still don't know why I answered it. I just felt like I needed to. Almost an overwhelming feeling. I always ignore these type of calls, but this one felt different. Ooh.
1: So. I wonder yeah. how many calls from numbers I don't recognize I get are just, like, a ghost. Right?
0: Like, maybe my spirit guide's just trying to get to the phone with me. And I could just picture, like, I could just picture, I just... I could just picture them being so pissed at me like, oh, you're on the phone for everything else. You can't pick up the damn phone to talk to your spirit guide. Like that would be my mother. That would be my mother when she passes on. She's trying to talk to me through her fo- through phone. She always gets mad because I don't answer her call right away because actually, you know, due to unpopular belief, I don't always have my phone on me. But yeah. for some reason, my mom gets so mad when I don't answer her phone call right away. So I feel like that's how my spirit guides would be because I, an- I don't answer unknown numbers either. I don't even yeah. answer, like, numbers that look like area codes of ours that may be someone we know just because if I don't have your number saved, I most likely don't need a reason to talk to you. And if the message is <laughs> that important, you leave me a voicemail, and maybe yeah. I'll get back to you. I, you know, like, I, everything's through email and text nowadays. I don't need to physically talk to you on the phone. <laughs> But, yeah, so that is the story of the unknown number.
1: That's spooky, kooky, ookie. Okay. My next story is called, I've been having strange encounters with shadow creatures. Ah, I lost it. Okay, I'm back. Here we go. For the past few months or so, I've been seeing some sort of shadowy figures. At first, they began appearing in my dreams. Then I began to see them for a brief period in the corner of my eye. Let me explain. It all began a few months back when I was seated at my desk in my room. I was, finished, uh, I was finishing off work while listening to some music when suddenly a black figure blew right beside me and into my room. It looked so real, in fact, I even remember feeling the wind as it ran past me. But I dismissed it as me being tired and my eyes playing tricks on me. From that day on, I've begun to see a tall shadowy figure in the corner of my eye either late at night or early in the morning. I usually spot it every few months and it always catches me off guard. But last week something happened that totally shook me to the core. I had an incredibly bizarre dream. The dream seemed so real that the pain I felt in it felt real too. The dream involved a tall shadowy creature. The dream begins with me preventing someone on the other side from opening the door. I look worried, but mostly frustrated. But eventually, I give up and let whatever was on the other side come towards me. The thing that walked into the room was a girl, but something about her looked uncanny. The girl soon peeked out of my room and called out to someone. He's over here, she said. Suddenly, the shadowy figure peeks into the room and begins to grab me. I feel a burning sensation in my chest before I am jolted awake. For the next few seconds, the pain is still there. It feels so real. I've come here to see if anyone can tell me what's going on, or at least point me in the right direction. The end. Ooh. Um. So I think this is a, another one of those cases of shadow figures just fucking with people's lives. Definitely. Definitely another mindfuck ghost. Yes, again.
0: These mindfuck ghosts, man. They really are. When was this posted?
1: This was posted a couple days ago.
0: Just fucking around for quarantine.
1: True.
0: Okay. My next story is titled, My Grandmother Found My Ring from Beyond the Grave. When I was 16, my parents and I were spending the day together when we stumbled upon this antique store. I've always loved rings, so as I was looking at the selection, I found one that absolutely took my breath away. My parents saw how much I loved it and purchased it for me. I was so touched, and every time I look at my ring, I remembered my parents. Fast forward 10 years later. I had plans to go out with a friend to dinner. I remember removing my ring to wash my hands, but couldn't remember picking it up from the sink. When I returned home, I noticed my ring was missing. I searched everywhere. Jacket, pockets, car, dresser, my entire apartment, even the restaurant, and no luck. The ring was gone, and I was beyond devastated. Now, 2016 was a very rough year for my family. Both my grandparents passed away within months of each other. Family means everything to us, so this hit in a very rough time. A week passed by since I lost my ring when I had the dream. It was my grandmother visiting me, and we were having a conversation when she mentioned the ring. I was overwhelmed and started crying when I felt the strong magnetic pull from her. She held me and told me she found it. Don't cry anymore, and placed it on top of my dresser. I can't explain the sense of relief and comfort I felt when I woke up, but I knew my ring was there and lo and behold, when I walked up to it, it was there. Nothing obscuring its view. I haven't dreamt of her again and I haven't heard of anyone else having a similar experience in a dream. Would love to hear if anyone else has had the same.
1: That is sweet. And it's crazy
0: that in the dream, like she knew that when she woke up, she was going to have that ring right where the grandmother put it.
1: Yeah. And it actually happened. That's so sweet. sweet. I love that. That that would be me, like as a like as a grandmother. Like when I pass away, I'll just help people. That's what I'll do. I'll just return lost things because I'm always losing shit. Like I'm constantly like, where's my phone? Where's my chapstick? Has anyone seen my keys? Like, that's me as a person.
0: You know what's so weird, though, is that, like, I'm not big into the saints or anything like that. But my my mom's side growing up uh, are huge St. Anthony believers. Oh, yeah. So even with me not being that much into the saints, I always catch myself saying, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, please come around. You know, that whole thing. And I always end up finding it, like, within 30 minutes of reciting that it's the weirdest thing and I don't know if it's just super coincidental but I always feel like every time I say it I get the sense that like all right, now I'm definitely gonna find it after I say that prayer every time yeah
1: I gotta start doing that cause I lose I mean but I find it like five minutes later but I'm just constantly losing shit and I know that it's not a ghost messing with me I'm just lazy and sloppy and (laughs) mean things you know there's no mind fuck ghost for Lily it's just Lily messing with herself (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Lily playing herself.
1: <laughs> Congratulations. You played, you played yourself. played yourself. All right.
0: What's your last story?
1: All right. My last story is called Audible Experiences Escalating. So this one is, I think, my longest story of the day. It's not that long. There weren't many long stories today.
0: Yeah, no, but they were good ones. They were definitely good ones.
1: They were short and sweet. All right. I moved into a ranch-style home with my family last March. The layout to the story is relevant later on. Our three bedrooms are clustered at the end of one hallway. Two on one side with the doors a foot apart and then ours and then ours on the opposite side of the hallway. Immediately I felt like there was always something in the corner of my eye and the feeling that I was not al- and the feeling that I was not alone when I was in a room by myself. Because I live with my husband and two small sons and two dogs, It was easy for me to push it down and say it was from one of them, but I'm telling you, it was not. For months, it was just this feeling that I wasn't alone, so I ignored it and moved on. Then a few weeks ago, a year since we moved in, I'm awoken in the middle of the night. I'm used to this happening because my younger son still struggles with sleeping through the night sometimes, and I'm the one who gets up and deals with him. However, when I woke up, I felt like something was off. The house was extremely quiet, even for night, like, totally even for night like totally void of sound then i heard distinctly the rapid padded footsteps of of someone running down our hardwood floors they sounded like my youngest running down our hallway into the living room but i had the feeling that it wasn't that it was something else entirely i knew it was not my dogs because of the hardwood because on the hardwood their nails make a very specific clacking noise i tried to wake up my husband but he wasn't awake for the footsteps so he was trying to brush it off and telling me that it must be one of the kids I knew it wasn't one of them because one I would have heard a door open their doors are right across from ours my mom ears wake my (laughs) mom ears wake me up to them even walking to their door every time two after the run down the hallway it was back to silence no one shutting the bathroom door no one shutting their room door or stomping up their loft bed steps no one scavenging for snacks in the kitchen I ended up getting up and checking anyways, and sure enough, both boys were passed out in their beds. The time from the sound occurring to me checking was maybe two to three minutes, and not enough time for them to leave their room, run, get back in completely silently, and genuinely fall asleep. It was weird. I made excuses and moved on. Then last week, it's the evening this time, the kids are outside playing, I'm in the bedroom with my husband, making out. There's like little slashes and like uh, swirlies next to it. <laughs> and we heard the steps again. This time, two run, this time, two runs up the hallway, then back down. Same speed, force, etc. Except this time, my husband heard it. I'm not crazy, but nothing happened after that. I'm starting to actually get nervous because it seems like things are escalating, but they're still so small that I'm doubting myself. The end.
0: I don't know. I feel like in a way this is a residual haunting because it just seems like a lot of running like the same sort of pattern. I mean, it's different times of the day, it seems like. So maybe it's not so residual, but definitely a younger spirit.
1: I think it's definitely along those lines of something just kind of minding its own business, doing its own thing, because it was just going up and down the hallway, not into anyone's room. Not like like she said, you know, not, you know, scavenging for snacks or uh-huh you know, going in any rooms. It was just up and down the hallway.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, like she said too, it's not, it's not these crazy, huge extravagant experiences, but it's just enough that it's just creepy. Like, ah, I don't know how I feel about this happening in my house. Exactly. So my last story is I saw what haunted my boyfriend as a child. This is a very strange. And at first I thought this belonged in a dream or a night tower, Uh, Forum, But now I'm not so sure. So my boyfriend and I have been together for nine years now. I've always suffered from night towers. However, that's not something you bring up on the first date. (laughs) This was back when my boyfriend and I had been dating for a few months and had recently started sleeping together. We were sleeping at his place. I woke up in the middle of the night and noticed we were holding hands. I thought it was cute, but I noticed that his hand was so pale and thin. My boyfriend's hands are like an orc. My my eyes got used to the darkness, and I saw his hands crossed on his stomach while I was holding a third pale hand. Yeah, weird. As I became aware of this happening, something that looked like a woman with long black hair hanging over her face sat up from behind my boyfriend's form, looked at me, and laid back down. I stroked the hand with my thumb, as you do when holding hands with someone. I don't know why the fuck I did that. I just wrote it as some sort of dream logic. This was in the beginning of a relationship, so I didn't tell him about it because I didn't want him thinking I was crazy. Years passed, and we're now living together. He's very aware of my paranormal beliefs and night terrors. Out of nowhere, I came to think of that dream I had. Did I ever tell you about that night terror I had at your house when we just recently got together? I asked him with a little laugh. I saw someone who looked like Sada- Sadaku in your bed when we slept. I almost got jelly. I joked, but he didn't <laughs> laugh. He got very pale and said... Uh, did she try to hold your hand? I got taken aback by his reaction. I told him I did hold her hand and even remembered stroking it with my thumb. My boyfriend then revealed to me that as a child, he'd had a recurring nightmare that a woman with long black hair and white hands tried to hold his hands, but he'd wake up in a panic before she ever got to him. He'd never told me this because he just wrote it off as childhood nightmares. Now, neither of us think they're nightmares anymore. Ooh weird right and the fact that it happened years years later so it happened to him as like a young holy shit you scared me michael <laughs> that oh scared my the God. shit out of me you heard did you hear the footsteps going down the basement stairs no but i oh, you just saw like walking down and i was like there's something behind her oh my phone's dead that's why but look mike did the logo so that we can start printing it on shirts how cool is that? It. He traced over my mom's so that he can, like, send it out to get it. Like, what is it called? Vectorized? Vectorized so that we can make them into logos to put on two shirts. Oh, my God. So buy I our love merch. That. Thanks, babe. Okay. You're not going to join us? Oh. <laughs> oh. Hey. Yeah, Mike says hi. He says hi to all you guys, too. Okay, so that's actually perfect timing because that concludes this episode of Just Ghoulie Things, the Quarantine Spooky Story Special, episode
1: 55. Five. Mm-hmm. Five, 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 five. 55. The big
0: five five. The big five five. All right, Lily, <laughs> do you have anything to wrap up with before we start with the socials? Uh,
1: be careful uh, with the pottery you make because it might be haunted.
0: Yeah, and I'd like to add, just don't help people out because you never know if they're ghosts or not. Yeah. Don't be kind. Protect yourself.
1: Okay. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> exactly.
0: All right. Let's start with those socials. Follow okay, us ready. on Instagram at Just
1: Podcast.
0: Personal Instagrams at Rebecca Ruber and At Lily Baldessari. Twitter. JGT Podcast. Facebook like page. Just Gooly Things Podcast. Facebook private group. Just Ghouly Things podcast group. Donate to our Patreon. Just Ghouly Things podcast. And if you, or someone you know has a paranormal experience they'd like to share on our show, feel free to email us at justghoulythingspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening Boo Things, and we will talk to Boo tomorrow.
1: Goodbye. Goodbye!